give me a good drink of water because I'm ready to throw down right now. That's good. That's good. Mm-mm-mm. Well, welcome everybody. Hey, how many of y'all got to come to the movie last night? I see a lot of faces that did. Did you enjoy that? That was a good time. That was a powerful, powerful movie, powerful message in the movie. And for those that weren't here, I'll tell you a little bit about it. I won't go through the whole thing to ruin it for you in case you get to watch it later. But I strongly suggest checking it out. And the movie I'm talking about is Courageous. And uh, it was really talking about um, fathers taking the role and responsibility as a spiritual leader in their home. And we're going to touch on that a little bit today. But uh, I want everybody to understand that this message is for everybody. God's word is always ready and, and, and able to produce a transformed heart, right, for everybody, right? So that's what we're, whether you're mom's dad, sister's brother, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever the case is, I'm trusting God that he will bring forth this message in a way that is applicable to your situation, all right? So one of the things I want to talk about is, you know, right now in the things that are going on in the world, it's a time for us as believers, man, we need to take a stand, you know? We really do. And, we need, and it needs to be from a biblical perspective. So we, don't, we need to know what that biblical perspective is. Like Tanya said, we meet 6.30, 7 o'clock on uh, Tuesday nights. We're doing some DVDs and following the life of Jesus. Another way to fill up during the week uh, to just encourage one another and, and go out into the highways and the hedges and share the word of God. Well, in the movie, I'm going to jump into this where I got this, this title from, Is Good Enough, Good Enough? Now, first off, when I say is good enough, good enough, anybody that's ever walked through these doors know I'm not talking about salvation, right? Because there was only one good enough, and his name was Jesus, right? And that we only come through a personal relationship back into to the grace of God through a personal relationship of Jesus Christ. What I'm talking about is good enough, good enough, is how we work and respond and do and give. All the aspects of our life as a Christian is good enough, good enough, because God gave his best. So what I want to hone in on today is a few things about that. Now, there was a part in the movie where the dads were sitting around. And the guy said, you know, I just want to know what God expects from me as a father. You know, we can even say, what does God expect from me as a child of God? Okay. And the other father sitting across the table said, man, you've been a good enough father. He says, man, I don't want to be just good enough. And that's what really produced in my heart. I don't want to just be good enough. I want to serve and I want to go and I want to be diligently pursuing what God has for me so that God is reflected to everybody. Amen? So that's, where, that's the whole motive of that today. So like I said, for each of us, it's good enough, good enough. I want you to think about every aspect of your life, whether it's working, whether it's, it just doesn't matter if you're a parent or not, aunt, uncle, all this is, is going to apply to your life, all right? So whether it's at work, your job, worship, your attitude, and giving and going and serving is good enough, good enough. I pray by the end of this message, you'll say, no, good enough is not good enough. I want to give God my all. We need to submit to him. So it's time to take some serious uh, decision looking in our life. And if we really desire God's best for our lives and our family, we need to have it from the biblical perspective. So I want to take a look and get some spiritual ground. And amen? Amen. That's what everybody says. Amen. Keep it going. Now, you know what? I always like riveting the points in with the truth of God's word. Got to have that. Because that is what holds in your spirit when everything else gets crazy. You've got to have the truth of God's word in your heart, in your mouth, right? Speaking the word so you know what? That we take control, that we walk out victorious in these things, all right? So I want to go ahead and read that scripture to you. If you've got your Bibles, it's going to be in Ephesians 5, 15 and 16. If you don't, have got it on the wall. Let me always encourage you to bring your Bibles. The Lord may speak to you and want you to go to a place in the Bible. 
Always spend time in the Word. Never going never gonna to back off of that. So here we go. It says, be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity. Because the days are evil. Does that sound like something we're dealing with right now in the world? Think about it. You know, you look in the world, there is so much corruption, right? <clears throat> so much confusion. So much backbiting. If you don't believe me, just look at the candidates running, to, running for, for highest office in the land. You know? And it's something that just really amazes me. I, I just, there's so many negative campaign ads. And the guy said, well, uh, you know, it says at the end, yes, I approve that. And then you go a little bit later, he goes, well, uh, but I didn't get a chance to listen to it. Or something like that. You know, I'm going, come on, man. You know, are you in or you out? That's the, the whole thing. But you know something that always made me think about this? My dad told me this a long time ago. Why do we think that we look better when we tear somebody else down? He says, well, you don't have to tear nobody down if you're doing what's right. You'll rise to the top. I love that, man. When you think about that. So as Christians, we shouldn't be tearing down. We should be building up and we should be rising up. Amen. That's a good place to put in your notes if you want to. Because I think that'll work. Amen. <laughs> Something else I learned with just going with the flow and running with the pack. Sometimes you'll get eaten alive running with the pack. You know what I mean? Because you go, how did we get there from here? And you know what? You can be in the wrong crowd. And what happens is I always say this. Sin doesn't have to come in a 55-gallon drum. It can just come in your life a drip at a time. And the next thing you know, you're drowning in it. But the good news is Jesus has a long reach. And he can reach down and pull you out of that. In an instant when you call on his name. Amen? So take a look at this. I also understand this. When we're talking about backbiting and this and everything else, I know that we have to defend ourselves. But in defending ourselves, if it's getting to the point where we're losing control, right, and, and we're not responding like Christ, then we need to regroup. We need to regroup. So I've got three little points I want to pull out that the Lord gave me when I was just reading the scripture. I'm going to share them with you guys, okay? Here we go. First one I got says, don't be a people pleaser, be a God lover. He said, well, what do you mean by that? See, if, if we've got a right perspective and we're loving God like we're supposed to, God's going to work that thing out in us so we have the eyes of Christ when we look at that person, right? When we start responding, we're not responding in this flesh. We're responding in the spirit. So don't be a people pleaser, be a God lover. And when we start thinking about all that God's done for us, through the perfect sacrifice of Jesus Christ. How God woke us up this morning. How God provides for us. How he provides forgiveness. And it goes on and on and on. It helps us to get our eyes off of the problems. Off of self, right? And on to God. Be a lover of God. Second. Press into what you know is right. Now that sounds real easy, isn't it? But sometimes there's some hard decisions. Now, I want to just pull a little thing from the movie. I thought about it when we rewatched it last night. I watched it at home and took some notes. And then I looked around and I said, you know what? This is a great example of this point I want to talk about. Press into what you know is right. Now, in the movie, there was a fellow named Javier. Did I say that right? Javier. And Javier was a married man. He had two kids. He was putting his faith and trust in the Lord. How many know just because you've got your faith and trust in the Lord, that doesn't mean you never have a tough time. It means that you don't go through it, through it alone. That's what I love to say. It means that we're not going through it alone. So what had happened to him, he had lost the job. And he, man, he needed to provide for his family. And it was very tough times, just like we're seeing now. And uh, not only that, he, he, he came across a guy and the guy was helping him out and saw how good a worker he was. He says, man, I'm going to put the word in at this factory get you a job. He did. So he was working very diligently. He was working as unto the Lord, as we're supposed to. And they come and grab him and say, how do you, uh, the boss wants to talk to you? 
Now check this out. He says, Avi, you've been here a month. You're doing a great job. And so you got the manager here and you got the owner here. He says, uh, you know, there's potential for you to move up in the company. He said, uh, we're thinking about maybe putting somebody over and ship, shipping and receiving. Don't know if maybe that's something you'd be interested in. Yes, sir, I would, he says. He said, well, this, I want to make sure that you're on my team and you're understanding me. He says, so what I would like you to do is when we get, he says, so for example, if I got 17 crates, uh, I have a special use for one of them. I just need you to sign for 16. And he goes, you said we have 17, but you want me to sign for 16. Well, you know what he wanted? He wanted him to lie. He says, well, I'll tell you what. This could really impact your career here and your job. He says, well, why don't you go home and think about that tonight and then get back with me in the morning, 10 o'clock, what, me. He goes home and he, he's so thankful for having his job, but he comes home and he tells his wife and she goes, honey, I don't want to go back. She saw fear. She said, I don't want to go back. You know, we've got, we've got to take care of the kids. The bills are coming. All these things are coming. You know what? Sometimes we're faced with decisions like that. Do we do what is right? Or do we kind of just turn to the side and go, well, you know, maybe somebody else will take up the slack. God's counting on us to choose right. And how do we do that? From a biblical perspective and understanding what God wants for us. So he's not only getting the pressure cooker from work, man. They're saying, man, I might have to let you go if you don't jump on my team. He comes home and his wife's scared, so she's going, well, maybe it's not like it seems. Isn't that what we do with sin? Well, maybe it's not as bad as it seems. We try to normalize it. We try to push it over out of the light, right? So here he is. He's going, man, I, I, that's not what I want to do. I need to do the God thing, right? So he goes back in, and she says, you got to meet him at 10 o'clock. You call me and let me know what's going on. So he goes, and he goes in, and he sits down, and the guy's got his glasses, and he pulls them in. And he goes, well, Javier, did you make your decision? Are you a man for our team? And he starts off like this. He says, sir, I'm going to tell you, I really appreciate the job. It's been a blessing for me and my family. However, what you're asking me to do, you would have me lie, and, and I can't do that. The man looks up. He says, you know this can impact your job here, right? He goes, yes, sir. And he asks him this question. He says, why is it you wouldn't do that? And he says, because it would be dishonoring to my God and to my family. And I almost choked you up right there. Man of integrity, man of honor. And he's looking down and he says, so it would be dishonoring to my Lord and my family. The owner looks over at the, the manager and they smile and he reaches out and he stretches his hand out. He said, welcome aboard. You are the man. It was a test. It was a test. And you know what else I liked about that little part there? He says, you know what? We're going to adjust your pay. We're going to take care of you. You got the job. Thank you for your integrity. And as he walks out, the other manager said, Javier, thank you for your integrity. I was beginning to lose hope. We went through six other people. Thank you. Wow. That'll preach itself. Can you think about that? Sometimes we are in a tough spot, but we need to press into what we know is right. Even if it doesn't turn out like that right then, I can assure you that God's going to honor that. Amen? You might not see it right then, but I'm going to tell you, God will honor that when you do what's right. And you stand to your guns and you stand on the promises. Because things don't always work out like you think. We don't even understand it. But you know what? I heard somebody say, if the door is shut, God will open the window and get you through. Amen? He will do that. He's just that good. All right. Don't settle for good when God is great. 
Young ladies, don't settle for good when God has a great man for you. Or young, young fellows, either way. Man, don't settle. Don't settle for just coming on Sundays when we've got an opportunity to come Tuesday. Don't settle from just hearing from God once a week, digging his word every day. Okay? I want the best for you. And the way you get the best is go to the best. And that's going to the word of God. So, it's decision time. Just like it was for our guy in the movie. It was a decision time. He had to stand for what he believed or just bow in and run with the pack. But you know what? What standards will we live by? All right? I want you to think about that. Will it be standards of self? Will it be world? Or what others believe? I was talking to somebody this week and we were talking a little bit about the message. And they said, you know, a lot of times people say, well, what standards do you go by? Well, we want to go by the biblical standards. God's word. God's inspired, infallible word. That sets the stage for a Christian, amen? But some people want their own deal and say, well, um, I, my, my self-values. Let me ask you a question. Anybody heard Adolf Hitler? That was his values, what was going on. So you see how evil it could be when we don't choose what God has for us? We just start slipping over and slipping over and slipping over. And next thing you know, we're knee-deep in sin. But the good news is this. Christ is a rescuer. Christ is a redeemer. Christ is the one that paid the price for all of us. So as Christians, let me tell you, it's, it's time for us to stand up and mirror Christ to the world. All right? Everybody doing good? Say amen. amen. All right. You got your notes? We're going to jump on in here. That was just that was just an appetizer. That was just an appetizer. Never wrote it. All right. Take a look at this. Let me take a look at this. I got my notes over here. We must establish the truth of God's word in our lives and in our families. Let me tell you, that's a very important thing. Not just for fathers, and we know as fathers that that is our, our lead and our role to do that, but everybody plays a part, right? See, children are gifts from God. We need to raise them for him. We need to set that, that tone and set the stage for that. The Lord has entrusted us with the truth and power of his word that changes lives. What are you doing with? Don't just, just keep it under a basket. Share that, all right? So what I'm saying is, is we cannot remain silent. We must diligently pursue the righteousness of Christ. Amen? Amen? Good deal. Think about this. The Bible is our moral compass and final authority. That's, what, that's the final answer. Is that your final answer? Remember the game show? Yeah, that's my final answer. Guess what? The final answer is what God said because it's going to accomplish everything he said. It will not return void, amen? So we need to be speaking it, we need to know it, and we need to model that, right? So check this out. I was thinking about this last night. We need to display this through Christ with our words and actions. And the Lord gave me this. I thought it was so cool. We must rely on our relationship to Christ to set the tempo of our lives. And I thought about that, right? What do we do when we get ready to take off and do some jamming over here? What do we do? Set the pace, set the tempo, right? The tempo sets the whole mood of the song. The tempo is what we build upon, right? And as we build upon that, and we, can, we continue to, to harmonize and produce the sound that comes out of the song so we can produce the message, right? Let's go back to what the Lord gave me. We must rely on our relationship of Christ to set the tempo in our lives. 
You see what I'm saying? Let that be what sets the pace in your life. Your relationship with Christ sets the tempo, sets the beat, sets the stage. It's like when you do a battle, it'll slow a lot. There's times God says, you're getting ahead of me, slow down. Walk with me. There's sometimes that we drag behind and God's graciously calling to us. Come on, I love you. I'm with you. We can do this. And there's times that we just sit on the sidelines and we just consume all the information and we never apply it. Don't just be a consumer of the information and not apply it. Apply the biblical truths that you hear today, that you see in God's word each and every day, and make a difference. So we need to be bold in Christ and commit to the things of God. Man, it's hard to find committed folks these days. Not just here or anywhere else. And I preach, I'm not saying it's not committed. I'm talking in general. And I tell you what, you ever thought about that? You could call somebody and say, hey man, I'd like to take you out to dinner. They go, well, I'm not. Anytime next week, any place, you let me know. Got to get back with you. Everybody's so busy. Everybody's so busy. Now, if y'all call me, I'm going to find something on my calendar. I will find something on my calendar. I'm on a mile. I ain't too busy. I ain't got to get the whole family. <laughs> but you know what? It's good to have a good time, isn't it? And it's good to fellowship, just like last night. We had a good time together to see an awesome Christian powerful movie with a message. Get a whole lot of popcorn. Yeah. And I was going to say, my girl saved my life, bought a whole bunch of chocolate chip cookies last night, man. The, the color was fading, and I got one of those cookies. I'm back in the game. It's a good time. It's a good time. Let me jump on in here. We are accountable to God, and we have a role to play. And that's what I'm talking about. We have a role to play, and I mean it by this. We, our hearts should desire to honor God in all we do. And all we do, young folks, honor God in all you do. All of us, honor God in all we do. I want to couple it with this. And when we miss the mark, get back in the game. I don't know if y'all ever noticed that, but that's really important to me. When I, when I hit you with a point like that, hey man, we need to do this, 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 and this. I'm preaching to me first. But I also know a lot of times all we hear is what we're supposed to do. Right? I want you to know, yes, that's the truth. But the truth that follows with that is when we get tired and when we get weary and when we lose sight you still have hope in Christ to get back in the game. Man, that's the whole thing. Get back in the game. Today is a fresh start, man. Today is a fresh start. Right here, right now. You can't plow backwards, man. You'll end up in the beans. you got to keep rolling, focusing on Christ. Amen? Give you some word here. Ephesians 6, 4 says, follows, don't make your children bitter about life. Instead, bring them up in Christian discipline instruction. See, it's our role as dads and moms. Ultimately, I'm talking to dads on this slide, but I'm going to get everybody in here, okay? That we got, we've got a part to play. You know? One of the things uh, me and Jess did, and me and Thomas do it sometimes too, but I, it's so hard to keep up with him. Uh, I got Alexa taking care of him, keeping him on the Bible track too. But we, one of the things we started a long time ago, we started doing family devotions. Thank God we did. Because you know what? You can always have something too busy or something going on, but you need to make it a priority. And so one of the things me and Jess did last month is we took a proverb a day, and we would read it every night. 31 proverbs, 31 days. And we look at that. I said, what did you get out of that? 12 years old. I'm going, wow, you got all that out of that? I need to get my notes. See, God will speak through your kids, man. Expose them to the Word of God. Teach them the Word of God. Love them in the Word of God. Amen? Because you know this is true right here. Proverbs 22.6. 
Train a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not turn from it. I met folks, when I grew up, I didn't grow up in, in, in a church house. Had a lot of love, knew about God, didn't know God. There's a big difference, okay? You can know about God, but you need to know God on a personal, intimate relationship by asking the Lord to come into your life and give you every sins and wash you clean and then walk out and grow in that relationship, okay? I hung out with guys, and that's just the craziest thing I was just sitting there thinking about. We ride motorcycles and everything, and I'm going, you know, we, every now and then, you get out there, you get a bonfire going or something, you get some heavy-duty conversations, wouldn't you? And man, I hear these guys talking, I'm like, how did you know that? And they're drinking a beer, you know? I'm going, I'm confused here, you know? What I'm saying is, you know what, they did have a little bit of head knowledge, but it hadn't dropped into their heart of understanding. But you know what? You know what I've seen over time? After being rock and roll and all that, I see a lot of my rock and roll buddies coming here, haven't they? And you know what? They got saved. They know the Lord. I think it's so cool. It's cool, man. One of my buds in here, man, he can send all that high stuff. Whoa! Like that, man. The light's going and spinning that thing. Tom, if you're listening, I was talking about you. But man, he did go on like that. I'm thinking, man, if that guy ever got on fire for God, you better look out. Guess what? He did. So you better look out. He will share his testimony in a minute, man. I love that. You know what? Train a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not turn from it. We need to lay those biblical foundational tools in the hearts of our children. And when we miss the mark, get back in line. Get back in the groove. Focus on the Father. So my question is, is your compass set the true north? Are we focused on the Father? When I'm talking about true north, are we looking in to the ultimate eyes of Christ for wisdom and encouragement, looking to the Word of God, looking at our Heavenly Father? Amen? I'm going to pull a few things off my sheet here just before we get to the next one. When we're talking about setting the standards. We're talking about making God's Word the final authority in our life. We're talking about making church a priority. Got quiet there, didn't it? Making church a priority, okay? What else did I have in there? I can't read my lightning. Children will follow your lead, so stay on the path of God. They're watching, man. They're watching. You can say all you want, but if you don't back it up with your actions, they go, it doesn't mean nothing to them. So, you know, when I pray for the congregation, I pray for myself and my family. I pray, Lord, help us to be that mirror of Christ, to reflect you. Because you know what? You can't do it without them. Amen? All right. We're talking about setting the, setting the pace, setting the stage and all that. Now I want to roll into the next thing I'm talking about. Taking responsibility. Now that's a tough one, isn't it? Nobody just runs up, let me take responsibility for that. It's usually, oh, let me think about it, right? What I'm talking about is this. You have to make a stand. Today we have to make a stand. You know what? When we're preaching, we, always, we, we pray that the Lord will bring you to a point of decision about choosing the Lord Jesus Christ, about submitting to the things of God. We have to take a stand. See, here's the thing. Will you stand for God in His ways or follow and fall into the ways of the world? I'm going to give you a, a perfect example. I walked by the, the TV uh, at work the other day and I heard this and, I, and you guys might know more about it than I do, but I'm going to give you a perfect example. When I walked by, they talk about the current administration um, and some of the uh, rules and regulations that they're going to impose on some of the hospitals. And some of the hospitals are Christian organizations. And they, they have what they believe. And they will do this, but they won't do that. All right? They're, they're taking a biblical perspective. 
And when I walked by, I heard them talking about that, that the federal funding is given to these Christian hospitals. But along with the federal funding coming up that they're going to receive now, there's some things that they're going to have to make a decision on. There's some things that's going to go against their biblical view. And this is what really got me. I watched some guys in their interview, and I'm walking by, and I'm going, what did they just say? And so they said, don't you, don't you feel like that they're really cramming that down their throat in the ways of the world versus the things of God, right? Look how easy it slips over. Listen, the one guy said that was four. He says, we're not making them choose what they have to do. They can still do their own thing. Ready? Just don't take the money. They coupled it to the cash. So guess what? Are you going to stand for what you believe? Are you going to shrink back and take the cash? It's a tough time. It's a tough time because they want to help people. They want to serve people. They want to do it. But sometimes it comes down to that. But isn't it real easy for the folks holding the dollars to go, well, you don't have to do that. Just don't take the money. Because you know what? You're really, the way you, your next move on the chess game is really going to tell what your heart is. And it's going to show everybody else what you believe. I'm not denying that it's tough. But you know what? All of us have to make a decision. I'm going to say this again. Will you stand for God in his ways or follow and fall into the ways of the world? That's coming more and more in schools, hospitals, government, all that. I'm not bashing the government. I'm just telling you, be on the lookout because these things are coming. The world is not run by a biblical perspective. Not the one that, not that I see in here many times, right? So think about that. So guess what? We need to make a stand, right? You have to make a start. I don't care what race you're running, you've got to start somewhere. You've got to start somewhere. I pray that we start today. I want you to think about this. Today is the day. See, when we stand, we stand a chance of losing a generation every time we turn from the truth and compromise what we know is right. You ever think about that? I'm going to say that's worth repeating. We stand a chance of losing a generation every time we turn from the truth and compromise what we know is right. Set the example from a biblical perspective and hold the course. Amen? Amen. It's not always easy. We need to calibrate our moral compass with the word of God. And I added that back in last night. Often. Often. Because I know I pray every day. I know I seek the Lord every day. I know that I'm praying for you guys every day. I read the word every day. And guess what? It don't take long for someone to nudge you along. Let somebody, like I said, I've been using this. Let somebody take the parking spot, see how you respond. Right? But you know what? As we spend more time with God and more time in the presence of God's word, he is continuing to nurture our hearts and focus our eyes on the Father. And guess what? Then we are going to be responding like Christ instead of like the world. Amen? So hold the course and set the example. We have to make a commitment. I talked a little bit about commitment earlier. But you know what? We need to remain steadfast to our convictions. Live out of love you have for Christ. Live your life out of the love that you have for Christ. Man, you know some people you deal with, you have to live out of the love of Christ to deal with them, right? I'm sure before I got saved, my neighbors were probably thinking that. You know, I was the guy that had the motorcycle. They had the nice yards. And I, man, I don't know, my tires always spun better in their nice grass. They're like, what are you doing? I was like, it slipped. 
Come on, man. You got to terrorize and do with stuff and everything like that. You know, just no respect for people. Stop. You know? So now when stuff's going on and, you know, somebody throws a football out there and hits my car and goes, yeah, I guess I had that one coming. You know? <laughs> but when the frisbee comes over and hits the car, you go, I did the same thing, you know? But you know what? What I'm getting at is this. We need to remain steadfast on our convictions. Love people out of the love that we have for Christ. And also, look at this. Don't lose your sense of purpose. Understand what God's called you to. Understand who you are in Christ. We talk about it all the time. And then live out of that passion and that purpose. Now, I'm going to give you something else. How many know what restaurant that we love is closed on Sundays? Jesse? Oh, man. I, I, that was not a setup. I just know that boy knew that one. You think about that. Remain steadfast to your convictions. I did a little research on, on Chick-fil-A. Now, everybody pretty much knows it's a Christian-based organization, right? And, you know, and that, you know, it can be very tempting for them to say, they look at their sales. Say, man, you know what? If we were open on Sunday, I bet you we could really boost that number, couldn't we? But the man that runs that company held fast. And I read an article one time, and it said, let that be a testimony to what God's done for us. We will not be open on Sunday. Isn't that powerful, man? You go by there. I, why do you start wanting a Chick-fil-A sandwich on Sunday? I don't know what it is. It's probably the enemy working on us, right? You know? If we thought about it, we'd just get two of them on Saturday and just be good. But I don't know, you know? I, I, I know, but I'm thinking, man, you know what? I'm like, man, I could eat a whole chicken tray. And it's like, oh, man, they're closed. But you know what? It's a testimony to who they serve. You know? I, I, I think that's wonderful. I love going there. I love eating there because you know what? The people are nice. The people are nice. You go anywhere else, you're, you're the one saying thanks. I'm paying you, I say thanks. What? You should be saying thanks. I'm the customer, right? Well, you know what? That's what you'll see there because it's a testimony to Christ, isn't it? Now, let's look at this. 1 Peter 2 9 says this, pulling our part in for everybody. You're a royal priest, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God for he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful life. And man, that just flows and that sounds really good. But you think about it. We need to be reflecting the Father. We need to be sharing the good news. We need to be inviting people, right? And I'm going to tell you what, when you invite somebody to show up, it'll make you smile. Thanks, come. <laughs> See, you could be you could be at the gym struggling, pushing weight and going, hey man, how you doing? Want to come to church? Want to help me with this? <laughs> God will work in that. You know, you know what? Ministers everywhere, every way, every day. I want to encourage you. Just, just, just be you and let God work through you. But here's the thing. When we look at this, understand who you are. You're a royal priest, a nation, a holy nation. God's very own possession. Do you understand that? If you put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, you are a possession of God. You are His. He has bought you out of sin, right? Rescued you out of that. Redeemed us out of that. And set us there. And said, you know what? You're my beloved. Wow. We have all those spiritual blessings in Jesus Christ. Man, I'm gonna tell, I should have worn my jersey today. I feel like preaching. You know? I'm telling you what. When I start thinking about what God has done for me and what God has done for us, don't leave no blessing on the table, man. Take it all, because it cost him his best. He poured out all his blood for us so that we can have that opportunity. Amen? So what do we do? We are called, right, to bring people out of darkness and show them the wonderful light. Are you shining your light for Christ? Are you reflecting the Father 
That's what I want to talk about, reflecting. Before we go on there, I always try to pull a few things over on the side before we jump on to the next one, right? We need to commit, submit, and follow. Don't settle for the good when God has what's best. Pursue God's greatness. Pursue God's greatness. Press into the things of God. He has it for you. Live out of the love that God's put in you. See, God places his spirit in us so that we can share it with somebody else. He pours in the love in us so that we can pour it out on somebody else. On the unlovable. It's easy to love the ones you love, right? Sometimes. Everybody was like, I don't know how to answer that. <laughs> I Sometimes I just like to do this. Go, hey. And they go, what? No. But you know what? Sometimes we have to look in the mirror, right? Sometimes we have to understand, you know, what God deals with in our lives. But you know what? God is faithful. And that's what he wants to do is reveal the Father to us. So I'm talking about revealing the Father. Guess what? What? I got another question for you. What did Jesus do when he walked the land? He revealed the Father. He says, I only do what my Father does. I only do what I see my dad doing, right? You know, it's funny. It's funny how much impact your dad can have on you or your mom or whoever, you know, that you spend some time with. This week, I heard my dad's voice, right? I'm not kidding. Be sure you got that wrench on there tight, son. Oh, Boom! Ow! I didn't have it on tight. And I thought, man, I can hear him. Hey, bud, make sure you get that wrench on tight. All this years working on bicycle. Man, I knew better. I got in a hurry. Right? Pull it on that wrench. Man, I got to get home. I got to work on the sermon. Boop! That thing hit. Man, that's my cord in the head, man. I was like, oh, Miss Tiny's going to do the whole set this week. But you know what? The voice of reason and the voice of love in your life sticks with you a long time even when they're gone. Amen? Let me tell you, you speaking into your kid's life or your friend's life or your neighbor's life or a co-worker's life or your sweetheart's life has a lot, a lot of gravity and a lot, a lot of impact. So do it with love and do it from a biblical perspective. So what did Jesus do? That was his mission, right? That was Christ's mission to reflect the Father. Take a look at this. John 17, 25 and 26. He says, oh, righteous father, the world doesn't know you, but I do. And these disciples know you sent me. I have revealed you to them, and I will continue to do so. Then your love for me will be in me, and I will be in them. Remember, we talked about he pours his love in us so that we can pour our love out on others. He wants us to be that filter, man. He wants us to be that conduit to share the good news. That's the whole deal. Now, what did he show us? We said he revealed us the Father, right? He revealed God's way. God's will, God's love, and so much more. His righteousness, his forgiveness, his compassion, his holiness, right? That's what Jesus did. If you want to know what God looks like, look at the life of Jesus. If you know what God sounds like, want to know what he sounds like, read his word. It doesn't deviate. It's all the same. It's him. Man, this is good stuff. Take a look at this. This is our mission, too. You say, well, what's the plan? I don't know why, but at my house, we always say, well, what's the plan? We want to know what's the plan. You know what? What's the plan for Keep the Promise? Is to make the most of every opportunity to share Jesus Christ with the world. To make sure that everybody comes in this place, right? When they come in this place, that they're loved right where they are. That they hear the truth of God's word. And that they have an opportunity to receive what God has for them. For an opportunity to call on the name of the Lord. For their Lord and Savior. Amen? But not just here. Then take that and take it out to the world. Take it back to your home, to your family, to your workplace, and into the world. That's what we're called to do. Not just here, 
but everywhere as a Christian. Amen? That's what I love about the Lord. He's got plenty of working room, don't he? So you say, how do we do it? How do we do it? Just like this. Live for him, live like him, and love like him. That's how we do it. We live like him. What did I say? Live for him, live like him, and love for him. That's what I'm talking about today. It's all from the inside out. I talked about that a little earlier about the relationship. You see the relationship coming forward in that? Every time we do it, it's because what God's pouring in is what God wants to pour out. But again, like I said, if we want to know how to do that, then we follow the life of Christ. I'm just driving that point back home, guys. Because he spent all his very best to come to give it to us. Amen? I wrote this in there. I said, this is our mission too. If Jesus is in you, he wants to reveal the Father to the world through you. At your job, at your school, at the gym, at the laundromat, wherever you are, you're toting Jesus with you if you're a Lord, Lord believer in Jesus Christ, if he's the Lord of your life. And we have an opportunity to shine and work in those things for Christ. And God has equipped us to do that. And that's what he wants us to do, to keep on trying. So I'm going to bring us on home with this, guys. Is good enough good enough? That was our question. I love this scripture right here. Before I read this scripture of Joshua 24 15, many of y'all have heard it. I'm going to give you a little background on what's going on. Many of us know that Joshua took over after Moses died, right? When he was leading the Israelites uh, into the promised land, right? And they got into the promised land. And how many know sometimes we can get comfortable? And sometimes we revert back to our old ways. And Joshua was getting very old and he was almost ready to check out and go home to be with the Lord. And he called all the men together. And this is what he spoke to them, right? He says, if it is disagreeable in your sight to serve the Lord, choose for yourself today whom you will serve. Whether the gods, you notice that's a little G, that's not our God. Which your father served, which are beyond the river, or the gods of the Amorites whose land you are living. He says, you know what? He's drawing it down in the sand, the line in the sand. You've got to make the decision. Who will you serve? And he finishes up with this. He says, what? But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And that's powerful. I pray that everybody who walks out here today rivets that into their heart and walks that out. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. See, we need to make a decision to live for him today. We need to serve the Lord and allow the Holy Spirit to display the greatness of God through your life, my life, our life. He gives us that privilege and that opportunity. We need to drink in the living water of God's forgiveness. See, a lot of times, man, we just feel so beaten down from things in the past. But you know what? I'm going to tell you what God is a God of many chances. All right? Fresh starts. Coming back to him. As a parent, you want the best for your child. If you're a loving parent, you just say, you know what? You blew it. You're out. I never want to see you again. That's not the heart of a parent. That's not the heart of a parent that's chasing after God. That's a God for your God lover. He says, look, son, look, daughter, what's going on, baby? Look, that's not good, but I still love you. And you always got a place here. Let me tell you, in the arms of God, you always have a place. You always have a place. You always have an opportunity for a fresh start. And you know what I think is amazing? Never underestimate the value that God has on your life. 
See, God thinks more highly of you than you do most of the time. But if we get in line and get in the tempo of what God says through his word, then we start seeing it from his perspective. And guess what? Those problems shrink and the power comes on. And say the problems always disappear like this when we want them to. But I'm going to tell you what, when we're looking through the eyes of God and we're looking through the word of God and the grace of God, he gives us what we need for the day. And guess what? He says his grace is new every morning. Right? His mercy is new every day. Aren't you glad that we can have a fresh start with Jesus? One other thing I want to tell you about this before we wrap it up. We talk about the world a lot and how the different focuses from the world and from the word of God. And what I understand is this. When I look at the things of the world, the world is missing a crucial piece of the puzzle. And his name is Jesus. And you know what? You might be that piece that plugs in to somebody's puzzle to share Jesus Christ. Amen. You understand what I'm saying? So many times they're trying to put the peg here and the square piece there and it doesn't work. And we try to muscle it all down and do it in our own strength. God said, my yoke is easy. So what I want to tell us today is this. As we serve as parents, aunts, uncles, brothers, sisters, however it works, whatever it is with you today, understand that we need to make a stand. And I pray that you make a stand today just like Joshua. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. How about this? As for me and my life, I'll serve the Lord. So today, as we pray for you, I want to ask you this. Is good enough? Good enough? I hope you leave and say, no, not at all. God deserves my best because he gave his best. And so today I ask you before we go to prayer, choose today who you will serve. I want to pray for you. Father, thank you for the day and thank you for the power of your message, Lord, because I know it does not come back. And Father, I thank you that you bring us to a point of decision today, Lord. Will we choose a life? Will we choose you? I pray that they all do. So if you're here today and you've never asked the Lord to come into your life and forgive you of your sin, to get that fresh start, just look this way and I'm going to pray for you. Because today is the day of your salvation. See, Jesus made a way. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, and whosoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. And you know what? You don't have to look too far to see you missed the mark, right? Because the Bible already tells us that we did. It says, for all of sin and fall short of the glory of God. But the good news is this. The gift for our taking is the one of Jesus Christ who poured out his blood on the cross to pay our sin debt in full to reinstate us in the family. But you do have a part to play. You need to claim that by faith. He says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. If that's you today and that's your prayer, Speak it out from your heart and say, Lord, come into my life. Forgive me today, my sin. Today, Lord, I want to walk with you. Lord, today, forgive me of my sin, Lord. Help me walk this out. You are my Lord in Jesus' name. If that's your prayer today, don't leave here today without saying, you know what, buddy, I prayed that prayer. And you know why? Because we want to come alongside of you and encourage you in the Lord and get you plugged in to even more and more truth of the Lord's word so that you can grow and make godly decisions from a godly perspective. If you're here today and say, man, I understand that, but I feel like I'm missing the mark. Let's get back in the game, man. Let's get back in the game. Because you know, today is a new day. So I pray for each brother and sister here, and I pray for myself, Lord. When I miss the mark, Lord, today, forgive me, forgive us, reinstate us back into the family, Lord. You say, you know what? When we confess to you, 
And we, we agree with our sin is out of whack. And we need to come to you, Lord. We say, Lord, help us. You are there to remove all the sin. Thank you, Lord, that you do that for us. So, Father, as we come to a close, I thank you for each one here. I thank you for the opportunity for the love that you share us. I thank you, Lord, that we have an opportunity to be a voice for you, Lord. Help us to touch lives and transform hearts. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. All right, give the Lord a hand clap, everybody. Well, we always like to send you out with a song. We ask you to stand to your feet. I, want to, I just want to pray for us also, you guys, that today you take some of those notes and you just keep them close to your heart and look those over. I also want to, again, uh, invite you back to Tuesday at 7 o'clock when we have a small group. It's been a great time. We're on a new study of following in the footsteps of Jesus. And uh, it's going to be a great time to reveal the truth of God's word. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Let's go ahead and praise him.